welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are going to be discussing Leech, which continues our body horror genre. Leech is by Hiran Ennis and was published in 2022 via Tor.com. Per their website, Heron is a writer, musician, and mad doctor based on the West Coast. Their areas of interest include forensics, infectious disease, and petting your dog. The plot is the institution must replace one of their doctor's hosts when it dies up in the Norland than the previous doctor could communicate to the institute. Slowly, the new doctor's sanity unravels as they face another parasitic entity that may be better than it is. Okay. So, first and foremost, did this meet your expectations of body horror? Not really. No. How did it not? <laughs> Who's gonna go first? Uh, I'll I'll go first. You do you. Who me? You can't say you and then just yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. Um. As far as, okay, one, I didn't have any expectations with body horror. The, I think the only thing I've ever read that's body horror other than fan fiction um, would have been the one book we read, which you guys would have to tell Hell with us. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed that. In, uh, it is, yeah, thanks. Um, I enjoyed that book. I enjoy um, the aspect of this that I wish it had settled into was the um, parasite um, occupying the bodies, but I don't really feel like that that's what this story settled into. So I don't, it, it just didn't quite meet my expectations for body horror, I guess. Because, yeah, if it had focused on the the parasite and not all of the extraneous stuff that was added into it that just pissed me off to no end. Um, I would have enjoyed it a whole hell of a lot better. So there's that. Go ahead, Sarah, your turn. So, I mean, I can see how it would be considered body horror, but I think I have very specific expectations for body horror and like, which again would fall more along the lines of help followed with us where there's actual like transformative stuff happening to the protagonist and it's really focusing on that or like even metamorphosis where it's like again there has been a transformation and it is actively going on it is changing their life um and so i mean yes that kind of happened with the main character she was taken over by a parasite but that was like before the book even started, right? And so we get kind of a little bit of that. The parasite being the Institute, not the other parasite. Um, so we get that. And there's like, just, I don't know. The thing was like pulling eyeballs out or cutting someone open or talking about stuff like that. That's just gore. And that is separate from body horror to me. Um, I don't know if it is actually considered separate as like within the genre, like, if something's gory and terrible things are happening to bodies around, it does that still qualify as body hair? I don't know. But like to me, it's not. It's just 
gory details from an action scene or oh my hands um you know just there wasn't enough focus on what the parasite was even doing it's like it, pseudomycota parasites this time not the institute because it's like oh it's there it's this black shit it's so scary um and then like it disappears into these aerosolized things that just silently infect and you don't even see it infecting and then like oh it makes people cold it just i don't know it yeah um yeah i just uh didn't really register as body horror to me i guess okay so Interestingly enough, this is what like body horror is considered. Kind of a reminder. So I realized I forgot to do that. My brain is not fully here today. Uh, so the sub the subgenre of body horror intentionally showcases grotesque or psychologically disturbing violations of the human body. These violations may manifest through aberrant 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 sex mutations zombification gratuitous violence disease or unnatural movements of the body and yes i know i just said that word three times in order to get it out correctly um i'm happy so to me it seemed like classic body horror we had violations of the body we had grotesqueness we even had violations of a sexual nature going on which can we will get into that don't make your comments yet about that um so like this seemed pretty like classical body horror from what i have read in the past and things that i know are body horror uh funnily enough i think i have actually read way more body horror than i thought i had um and i think i have read more body horror than both of you which starting this month that was not what i thought was going to be the case um so i satisfied the body horror element um i think it is a little strange that it was like a combination body horror gothic i didn't hate it maybe did not make it ideal for rushing through a week though of reading it um so that's my thought on the body horror portion. Any other comments from either of you? It just seems my like such a broad body... definition. Oh, shit. Fuck. Yep. I, I was, no, I was going to say the exact same thing. It, it's such a broad definition. That means zombies is body horror. That means, I, I don't know. But it's like, would zombies be body horror if it was only happening to everyone but like the protagonist? Because then it's just like background shit. I don't know. Again, body horror has to be like these things explicitly happening to the protagonist, preferably, I guess maybe like a very important secondary character, maybe, but like otherwise it's just like, oh, they go into like a battle that has a lot of gore and maybe someone gets an army amputated and like, I don't right. know. Does that now qualify Except as in that, No, because in that situation, it's not the primary focus of the novel. Zombification would count as body horror. Would it be zombies and body horror? Yes. And it would depend on how it was described as zombies. If they're just zombies walking around, no, maybe not so much body horror. But if the author is going into the details of how they become zombies and like the grotesque way that the body is being changed, yeah, that would be hot body horror and that would be zombies. This is a subgenre. So it does 
it can have multiple applications. I mean, this one is body horror and gothic. Well, and it would be, I don't know, maybe that's just my perception of it, but it would be sci-fi also. This this struck me yes. very. It seemed yes. like they were trying to Alien. go to sci-fi, which was just yeah. like, stop it. Yeah, it, I think it's all of those, which a lot of books aren't just one genre. It's very rare that a book well, fits just in one little niche. Clearly. Clearly, but I think when we have such, when you're talking about a subgenre, but the the definition is so broad that doesn't, I I I think it's detrimental to evaluating a book, um, within a subgenre. So um, and it makes it, I don't know, too broad. I I just yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, but. Okay. Any other thoughts on body horror? You guys want to start discussing the book? Let's dive in. Okay. So, which one of you would like to get us started on the plot? I went first last time. You go first, Sarah. Um, I like the plot. Well, I like the sense of the plot or the premise provided by the plot and then everything after that. Not so much, but like the idea of like this. Of course, there have to be multiple parasites, but like the main character parasite, the Institute, having these multiple bodies, um, having developed and infected people over, I don't know, 500 years or something like that. A thousand years, who knows? Um, I thought that was cool. I thought making a character, the main character, that kind of entity was neat and then like it runs into another parasite that was cool would have been cooler if the other parasite was also sentient but in a i don't know rather than just like this mindless thing that kills um that would have been i don't know i would have liked that more but like the rest of it everything else no no i don't know if i would count that as plot but like just discard it just get out of there should have focused on just those two elements um, and I would have enjoyed it more. Okay. Okay. What about you, Kim? I I pretty much the exact same evaluation on the plot. It was um, it, this yeah just left me angry. It's like there was so much potential there, um, and it it could have been cool. I wish they'd have just settled in sci-fi and just left it at sci-fi and and um not done like you said amber the gothic thing the house was just i, I don't know in in the care yeah <laughs> i just get so angry whenever i think about this book it has been living i tell told amber it has been living rent free in my head since i finished it well no since i started it um i have been angry and frustrated with this book since the get-go so uh, um that's that's going to come across a lot. It's just every every little thing that that happened. So in the plot, I'm angry and frustrated because there was a huge amount of potential. Who who chose this book? Amber, you did. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was excited about this book. I liked the premise, and um, yeah. No, now I just hate it. So okay. I do not have the same opinion as these two. However, 
I will preface this that these two were very vocal about their dislike from about page 10 onwards. So uh, they're I was vocal like around page 18. Thank you. But you know, I was definitely feeling it. It was beforehand. probably vocal from page one, but go ahead. <laughs> I see. So I was going with about the average between those two numbers. <laughs> I didn't know where Kim started, you know, didn't have that information. Okay. I thought she gave it more no. of a chance than I did before I started bitching. <laughs> nope. 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 So that is my preface to this is, is I probably would have actually enjoyed this a lot more than I did. Um, if I had had not these two just poisoning irrationally oil. voicing their displeasure. No, 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 no. Irrational? Bad word. You, Bad you word. Did get, it was you, not irrational. I had valid reasons for every ounce of my anger. Okay, sorry. These two had not been frustrated, angry, slogged through it from early on in the book. Because I actually started this book like a month or two ago, before, right when we were deciding to pick genres. I read the first few pages. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want these two to read it. I think everyone will enjoy this. Oh boy, was I wrong. <laughs> so I like the premise and I like the fact that we are looking at so many factors in this. And I think this is a book that I will probably listen to again because I want to focus on different elements each time. Um, the idea that you have this parasite that takes over a host body and thinks it is doing this for the better good of others and even acts as a health entity in order to continue to have hosts, I find fascinating. And then on top of it, they turn around and they come across this other parasite that it thinks is doing a better job of creating a symbiotic relationship than it itself is doing. And that then turns it into this irrationally angry parasite that wants what's to be the better parasite. So I found that highly interesting, um, particularly because it had clearly been infected by the parasite pretty early on and wasn't aware that the parasite was properly isolating it from the rest of its hosts. Um, I was amazed at how long it took the parasite to realize that it could no longer hear the rest of the Institute um, and that it wasn't doing a very good job of recognizing that something was going on in its body, that it was cold all of a sudden. And I think a lot of those things wouldn't have worked out as well if they had been in a different environment. Now, I fully recognize I love Gothic books. So I love the setting of an isolated castle with this collection of cast that is just so fucking weird. Um, and you're watching this, this stranger essentially try to navigate the weirdness, except this stranger kind of knew what it was getting into. It was familiar with each of the occupants of the house, but wasn't really truly understanding them because it itself was not it was in a human body but it itself was not human so it 
wasn't catching the little things that were going on. Um, so I enjoyed the plot. I enjoyed how the plot turned out. I enjoyed what happened to each of the characters. Many of them I felt deserved to get it, but we'll get into many char- the characters in a bit. Um, I just had the problem of, of these two very much expressing their displeasure for the plot. And I do wish I could have read it a little bit slower. I think it was one that I would have liked to slow down and digest a little bit more as opposed to trying to read it in a week. So there you go. That's my thought on plot. Any cool, cool, cool. counter thoughts, arguments? <laughs> uh, I mean, I hate the fact that there were so many elements included and it totally just destroyed the pacing of the book and the focus um, or what should have been the primary focus. But, you know, you enjoyed that. I didn't like it. So it's obviously more of a personal preference sort of thing. I can totally see that this would, if, if you enjoyed it, this would be a book you would return to a lot. Um, because, and, and I listened to it. I did not read it. Um, it was convoluted. And I think that if you were inclined to, this would be one that you would read again and again and again to really put together who's saying what, when, where, why, and how, and at what point you actually discover some of the surprise elements. Anyway. Okay. Do you guys want to rate plot then? Sure. Okay. Kim, what do you give plot? 1.5. Shocker. Sarah? There was no hesitation there either. Oh, so no, she's already done her numbers. I, I did it ahead of time. And um, to see if you guys changed my mind. Uh, I, I cannot express how violently I hate this book. Um. So then, then we'll I have to ask, why. do you hate what? it more than Camp Damascus? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I feel yes. like this is a new low, unless you hated Iron Flame more than like all of those books. But No, Iron Flame is, is a stupid read, but you can, you can read it and you're not. I would like not. to be clear, Kim, you liked Camp Damascus more than Iron Flame. Okay. What? I- I just, I just like, I have the numbers here. I just wanted to let you yeah, know. No, I, I don't dispute that. <laughs> Maybe um, the content um, of Iron Flame is easier to get through, but like just yeah. the length of it is what dragged it down more for you when actually rating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, plot. Are we. When we talk about plot, are we including like all of the gothic shit in there too? Or just like the basic premise of one parasite is trying to uncover the mystery of another parasite and like, and then shit happens. Who fills the plot? It's the thing. It like starts out straightforward and then it just like gets all bloated and disgusting. And then it's like, you can't parse out what's plot and what's just crap. Um... And by crap, I mean, like, extraneous details. Uh, flavorings, whatever you want to call them. Uh, shit, I don't know. One may even call it style. Oh, <laughs> style is going to get butchered <laughs> when we get there. <laughs> Mechanics, too. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know if I should separate premise. I'm gonna err on the side of caution and just say no. Yes. I'm gonna give it a three. Yeah, well, that was more than I thought you were gonna give it. Um, I give this a seven. I have no explanation. I just I give it a seven. What is seven? Okay. Oh, I mean, I liked it, but it didn't really stand out. Okay. Yeah. But again, I, I think it didn't stand out for positive reasons for external factors. So. Totally next. getting blamed on this one. I, I will be honest. My, 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 my experience was definitely flavored with your guys' opinions. And I don't know. <laughs> how much it affected my ability to enjoy the book myself that that that's so, just what it comes to down me, to to me it's it's kind of interesting because we've read other books um we actually didn't review other books where there was a strong non-consent component to this other book and i'm not i'm not going to name it you probably know which one i'm referring to um no, i can't think of it off the top of my head i also okay. lost did i read it uh, yes, Bridgerton, um, ah. the the third or fourth one, whichever one it was, and that one you just you hated it and went off the rails on it, and I wonder if, and I've been thinking about this, I wonder if you'd actually read this independently and got into the stuff that came later in the story because you said you read the beginning, thought we really like it. I would agree from just the beginning. I probably would have really liked it. It was the stuff that came later that just threw this off the rails for me. So I wonder if you actually didn't get protective and defensive of the book um, because you did like the beginning. And I will never know because you didn't no, 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 read it I independently. Can, in comparison of the two, um, there I think is a key difference in approach of the two books is why this one I'm okay. And the, the third one that I could not finish within the Bridgerton. And that is the intent of the story. This one is a horror. I am supposed to be appalled by these elements and to not be enjoying them. So in this, I didn't mind it because I have, I have read non-consensual things in a non-romantic capacity and I'm like, I'm not supposed to enjoy that this is happening. While as Bridgerton is very much supposed to be a romance book. And for me, the romance elements triggered my own experiences of relationships where I was harmed or talked to in that same way. Okay. And so to go into a romance that is using that, that stylization, that does trigger me. This, I know it's not consensual in a positive and there's not really a, a positive non-consensual but this is supposed to horrify me i still i still say we'll never know yeah that's fair but uh, this did not those elements in this did not bother me we will get to them mm -hmm. further on okay the narrator with parasitic elements and the narrator without the parasitic elements is what we'll we'll assess then as our main characters so what were your feelings on the main character so um i Him. thought they were uh 
two deplorable characters that had absolutely zero redeeming qualities. Um, I felt that even in the end, when the whichever of the two uh, came out of it and was trying to gain their autonomy, um, I felt that in in dragging the is it Emil? I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the characters' names. Um, dragging them along, it was self-serving. It, it, there was. I hated this main character. Any variations of them that appeared in this story, um, they, they. I need a character, even when it's a dark character, to have some sort of redeeming qualities, and I cannot find a redeeming quality to this character in any way, shape, or form. Okay, Sarah. I loved it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I um, don't know that I had strong opinions about this character. Uh, honestly, I just, I don't know. Um, I, again, I thought the Institute as the narrator was interesting in the beginning. And the character was just, it was a very interesting like look or take on this non-human sense of morality and um, and just how it acted, especially with the idea of having like multiple bodies. So each one is technically disposable, even if it doesn't want to have to get rid of them because it does cause it some amount of discomfort. Um, so just like, again, conceptually, I thought it was interesting and I liked kind of reading that about it. Um, it was, and I think you kind of mentioned this, uh, Amberly, when you're talking about the plot, but it was uh, really, fuck, what's the adjective I'm looking for? Um, it was incomprehensible. That's not even the right one, but it's the closest I can get my brain to get to. Uh, how it didn't immediately put the pieces together as to why it was losing contact with the rest of the host when it already knew that it had lost hope, like had spotty connection with its other host that died because it, there were things that happened to it that it was not aware of. So that should have been its first clue right then and there that something was fucked up. And yet it went so long through the book and it's like, oh, my head hurts. It's like, oh, dumb, stupid fucking bastard. You have a giant thing growing in your eye. It was just, so that was frustrating. Um, and then obviously there's the part where Simone starts to come in and I kind of liked how there was a lot of bleed in that part where like the Institute is fading out and Simone is coming in and like suddenly you have these characters being referenced. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then it's like, oh, it's Simone's memories are coming to the forefront. Um, and so that was cool there. I guess that's more of a mechanics thing, but, um, it was just an interesting way to do the character. Um, and then Simone herself, once she is mostly freed and back to herself, um, I still found her interesting. I didn't hate her. I didn't find her morally reprehensible. Um, but I did also like seeing the Institute through her eyes once she had become separate from it and like how creepy these things actually are now that we're outside of them. Um, so I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate the characters. I, the two, the narrators, they were like the only part of this book that like 
I didn't mind. But again, I am very perplexed by the author's choice to make this diffuse intelligence so fucking dumb. Just, I just, it's one of those things where it's like it's necessary for the plot, I guess, or this sense of mystery, but it was not a mystery to the readers, so it did not really work out too well. Um, and so, yeah, that, that element of its character was uh, questionable. The end. Okay. I, so I can totally agree with you in terms of, like, there were moments where I was like, wow, this this character, this narrator is taking a really long time to realize what's going on. Um However, I think it's supposed to frustrate you. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not you're okay with that frustration. Uh, in terms of the two narrators, <laughs> I... In Sorry. terms of the two narrators, I found them really interesting. I liked the fact that we started out with the sense of this narrator who thinks they're doing this great thing for society. They are coming in and taking care of society and it benefits both them and the population as a whole for them to be doing this thing. And they think they are amazing. And, and like, they really like had a really exploded sense of self-ego. And then as you're going along and they are starting to lose hold of what is going on, there's this other voice coming in that is making it clear that this is, this isn't good. This isn't consensual that really the rest of society is not thriving under the assistance of the Institute. Um, and that there is still this massive level of wealth versus poverty as to whether or not the Institute really. I can't think of the word I want to use. Why did the word go away? Benefits. Why the Institute really benefits you. Um, and, and I, I liked, I, I do too, Sarah, like seeing then the Institute from someone who has escaped its eyes and how creepy it is. And I'm just like, I thought it was really interesting that it, clearly at some point, some alien entity crashed into civilization, reset it back to such a far time ago and ancestors had to make the choice of whether or not they could survive or not, did what they needed to do to survive, but maybe in the process really weren't allowing themselves to thrive. And instead of like being like, this is an alien, we should, you know, fight the Institute. They're just like, hey, some of us feel this way and some of us feel that way and we can't have a consensus. So the Institute, because they can be consenting amongst all of them <laughs> because they are one thing. Uh, gets to win out on who's in control. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Any any comments back, or do you guys want to go into rating? Okay, Sarah, what is your rating of the character, main characters? I'll give them my... Oh, boy, I am torn. I will go <laughs> off and torn. I guess I'll go half halfsies. I'll do 5.5. 5.5. Okay. What if I end up giving this book like a good score? That'd be horrifying. <laughs> Kim? I get, uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Kim did hate them. Oh, no. 
you you do you do not know the level of hate Kim has for this book. I I cannot describe the number of times that I got to enjoy how angry it made her and how physically it's, agitated she was. It's funny because I think I think we're going to actually end up glossing over a lot of this because um I I just don't know where the components of it that I I find disgusting. Style. Are, just throw it in action. style. Okay, we'll put we'll throw it in style. If it hasn't come up by style, just yeah. yeah. Okay, so next is our second. Oh no, sorry, I give it a seven. Did I say that? I did not. I give it a seven. Don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, secondary characters, essentially everybody else. And before I let you guys go into that, I'll I'll get us started for this one. (laughs) I. I think here. I-, I was curious about all the secondary characters. I definitely didn't have the response that I know the two of you had to them. Um, I cared about Emil pretty quickly and I knew something horrific had happened to them and I knew who their mother was and I-, I do hate how long it took for the author to actually like confirm for us as the audience. Sarah, you look like you have tiny hands. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, this is fun. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I I did hate how long it took for those details to finally like truly be properly discussed. Yes, Kim. Who's Emil's mother? I don't remember that reveal. The Utoli. Yeah, the the Girl. one that the son the revolutionary. Yeah. Thought he was going to marry survivor of the revolution. Who dried Everything up you guys just said tried are to words leave. I recognize, and I do not know how they apply to this book. I I I can't help you there. I, okay. I, you have to reread it, and you're not going to do that. And that ain't going to happen. I actually have a whole paragraph in my write up about how I will never read this writer again. Okay. Anyways, I'm I'm going to go back to. Yep. Go ahead. Yes, please continue. Characters. <laughs> so I I was curious about Emil. I wanted Emil to s- survive, and he did, and I was so glad for that. I was like, man, if any character deserves to survive, it's this poor person because man, they had just like absolutely tortured um, from every moment in their life. And I only hope for better things to come his way in the future. Not that we're really told. Seems unlikely not. in the world they live, but you know, who knows? Yeah, but who knows? Um, the other characters that I wish there had been a little bit more of, and Sarah would not have liked this, is the twins. I was Fuck their useless presence. Let me finish talking about characters and then you guys can rant. Because I know this is about to become a tirade between the two of you and you're just going to like rapidly escalate each other. Um, Never. (laughs) I was fascinated by the twins and I do wish we had gotten a little bit more detail on them. I do wonder if they were alive the entire time. I know. I feel like that's what the author was going for. I'm like, are you really going to suggest that, there's fucking ghosts in this stupid that's, book? That's what I was just going to say, Was except for we were told to stop talking because we had to talk oh, later. Shit. Um, but because uh, you said you didn't know their point in the entire book, Sarah. To me, their point in the entire book was so that we could have the big reveal that they were ghosts all along, even though everybody was interacting with them. Um, and could cut their hair, apparently. 
he cut their hair and the fact that they were conjoined but not conjoined but conjoined but not conjoined i don't i still don't know to this moment if they were actually conjoined or if their hair just somehow they weren't because at one point they split up one went to I the know, but one. they were conjoined it was anyways <sighs> we still interrupted amber please so we should yep. let her finish yep. Yep. no no Sorry. go ahead continue no 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 <laughs> so they no, were, they were never Sorry. You don't say go ahead and continue and then get mad when I speak. <laughs> Except for the fact that Sarah said, no, no, continue, Amberly. And then you Sorry. Uh, yeah. We were you <laughs> said I was talking to you. You said continue. So go ahead. You talk. I will shut up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so no, they were not actually conjoined. I think the in- the implication is is that they were so attached to each other that they almost wanted to be conjoined that they wanted to be one entity and so they were so closely huddled together that their hair would become tangled like they were conjoined um so i i think that was it with that and and i except for there was a a whole scene in there and i i can't pull it out and i'm not opening this fucking book where they talk about the heads were attached um it, I, it, it's ex- in there except for the fact that i and i know what part you're talking about and i don't think i think that was showing us that the parasite itself actually doesn't understand humanity and so it was using human words to describe what it thought was how these two strange children were interacting but wasn't actually an accurate description it's just that's what that's how I took it is it because he kept saying like they were conjoined. Okay. Um, so I, I think it was starting to show us that the parasite doesn't actually understand humanity. Um, I think it was just done so early on that it was really confusing as opposed to helpful in that point. I don't think it was the best best execution of that moment. Okay. Now go ahead. Whoever nope. would like to start. Oh, about about secondary characters? Yeah. Um, I despise the fact that the only character in the entire book that had a redeeming quality to them that was a essentially good person um, had no voice. Literally said not a word through the entire book. Um and uh had to use hand motions and all of this and they were the only character and and that it felt cruel on the author's part to 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 make this this character the one like i said to me redeemable character um mute uh it, it, i it grossed me out. Maybe that was the whole point of their statement. Yeah. Whatever statement they were keep, trying keep, to make. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, Sarah just, just did quotations around statement. Um, <laughs> um, I did not require him to have a voice. I feel like he had a strong enough voice in his actions and his attitudes that it did not bother me that he could not speak. And I felt like he just spoke in a different capacity. He was completely passive. He 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 did nothing for himself. 
our eye character are they're the ones that that did everything he was abused mercilessly um and was even when it came to time to be redeemed was taken along um not redeemed he doesn't need a redemption to be um saved saved is the word you're looking saved. for yeah released from what's happening to him he he was completely passive in that too right well he did smash in um the guy's head and then he lit him on fire but um and blew up the entire only, castle he, those opportunities did come through the actions of other characters well no laying the explosives he and stealing the explosives like right but he had set the explosives ages or whenever before i don't know when but the explosives had been set all along and he didn't choose the time and the 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 circumstances into which he was going to explode them somebody else did um i i fully recognize that other readers could see his see that he has uh agency in what he's doing i don't see it okay that's fair i i saw agency i saw active choices on his parts regularly throughout to survive what was happening to him and then to make the choice to destroy what he could not come back to um that's what i saw personally so sarah what do you think of him i'm I'm sure kim has thoughts on other secondary characters no i don't i don't i don't give oh, okay. a flying fuck about any other character in this book they, they are useless i mean yeah that's kind of my thought too in reference to the others um like and why you don't okay again i get why there's the rich baron who's like holding on to life just fine because he's got all the money he's disgusting he's a reprehensible man but you know i know why he is there again part of the whole statement thing in quotations um and and then his son how did the audiobook pronounce his son's name no idea uh, let me let me look at it again because i cannot remember the name just call him it looked like didier but it was probably like didier, didier. Or something didier okay yeah yeah yeah, the French influences on everything was weird. Um, it's like when you read it, it's like French, but in like a southern, like an American southern accent. It was weird. Um, that character was vaguely interesting at first, but of course, this is a gothic novel, so it's a piece of shit. Um, the twins, disgusting, didn't like them from the start with the tangling hair and unnecessary unnecessary they're annoying like don't have two twin little creepy girls you don't need them to make your story scary um but emile i did like emile i was like thank god there's one good person in all this but yeah i didn't really like all the torture porn he had to go through um and it was frustrating that you don't really see him doing anything for himself until the very end when you realize what he has set up uh, for himself in his eventual escape. But obviously, in his position in the household, there's not a lot that he could do um, about any of this. Like, I really did not like his Blow chapters. it up and 
you blow it up and it's over. Um, if you have the capacity to blow it up. Yeah. Why didn't you do it, it sooner? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think, I know, maybe because he had, uh, what are the words I want? He struggled with the idea of blowing it up because he thought that Didier loved him. He didn't realize, I mean, he, by the point that we get into the story at the beginning, he has realized, but he is then having survivors or, um, he is showing elements of what those who live in violent households and experience sexual abuse, where they have a hard time removing themselves from the abuse. So that was what was going on with him and why I think it took him so long to make that choice because we are shown later on that Didier did love bomb him and make him feel special. And by the time that he realized that it wasn't about him, it was harder for him to then remove himself from that situation because he earnestly felt that it was done out of affection, not because he didn't know that he was a replacement for his own mother. So that's, that's my defense of why it took Emil so long to do that. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was nice to see him taking action towards the end um and i did want him to survive of all the characters i was like just at least let him make it out um i liked seeing the dog again too though i'm not gonna lie um which is a rare statement for you i like dogs in books sometimes um i'm trying to think of other examples <laughs> i'm like what blanks, but... I was gonna say, what book have you animal liked? It's like okay, I don't have like to interact with them companions. directly. So, like, yeah, it's like I don't have to deal with like the fur, the drool, the smell of them, the exuberance, <laughs> unless they're written exuberantly and like really annoyingly, and then it's like, oh god, just get hit by a car or something. But I guess the um, question is, do you like Oberon? You know what? I was just I was just about to list Oberon as one because uh, you know I was reading I don't know if you know but yeah like Ink and Sigil yeah Ink and Sigil book God, yeah so much better than this book um, <laughs> but yeah I was like I, and he just made a cameo in the book in the part that yeah. I, was, I was like oh you know what I kind of missed those two and that that was a yeah. good dog yeah um, but. Anyways, so yes, yeah. there are. There's an example of a dog that you like in literature, but I am nearly positive if an Irish wolfhound came near you, you would look at it and be like, "You are too big. Get away." <laughs> My mom groomed a Irish wolfhound Saint Bernard mix, and I got to pet him, and he was really cool. He was big and sturdy. Oh, and, um, okay. Not like big drooly or yeah, wanted to get all over you because I don't like that. But like he was calm. And he was cool looking. Um, so I do like big dogs if they just keep their distance and don't want to get up Listen, in your business. Ronan, you make him feel like a puppy again. And he gets so <laughs> excited about that because you were there during the key puppy stages for him. In fact, I think you at times saw him more than my own mom did in the amount of time <laughs> that he actually spent in your presence in those days. Um, possible and he was a cute so, puppy he just grew into the size of a pony and yeah kept the the energy of a puppy yeah and <laughs> he smells like a dog 
He does smell like a dog. I apologize. I paid I, him more. No, it's Oof. it's like every dog smells like a dog. It's it just like, like a dog. Yeah. like the doggy smell. I just don't. Yeah. Anyway, back to the book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the, I guess those are my thoughts on Emil. Um, I liked him okay. well enough. I I didn't mind that he was mute so much. I did keep thinking that was going to be important in some way or that there was going to be an explanation for it. But he just he just was. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, but like Kim said, it does kind of then make it so that the only good character is silenced. But you also mentioned how he talks through his actions. So it's all balanced. Oh, at yeah. least in my brain, it's like, yeah, there's these things, but in the end, it's, it's fine. Um, yeah. Were there any other secondary characters? I oh, mean, there were tons of the them. The newborn but, like... baby who got vivisected, that was fucked up. Um, <laughs> I see. I love that character. It was such a good character. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> really had... there's, there's the wife um oh god there was the mechanic i liked the mechanic oh, i wish we had gotten more of him yeah the priest i mean there was tons of characters but a lot of them just served to provide information um i wouldn't say they were highly developed well thought out secondary characters they were not like the yeah. best secondary and characters that i've ever seen often providing information that i did not give a fuck about and i was like i don't even care why are we going on this tangent um where we have to talk about the character's appearance probably give some over multiple exposures, like give some look into their backgrounds. It's like I don't, I don't care. You're building this world that I don't care about. It's disgusting. This grimy, downtrodden dystopia. I don't, I don't care. I don't like this. It's almost like reading the locked tomb, where it's like everything sucks, and it's like why not just die? Why okay, not? That, that's going to get us into mechanics. But yeah. So, okay, what is your rating then, Sarah, for the secondary characters? Hey, I went first last time. Listen, I gotta keep you guys on your toes. No, I'm not prepared. I didn't Okay, fine. Kim. Kim, what did what did you rate secondary characters? One. Oh, well, I was totally expecting a zero. I don't give zeros. A zero? No, that is not true. You have given zeros. Okay. I think yeah, I think you've given one before. I don't think I've given a zero. Yeah, Iron Flame, you gave mechanics zero. Well, it was sh shitty writing. <laughs> what did I? You give really Iron hated Flame? these characters. Yeah, uh, let's see. Oh no, sorry, Sarah gave mechanics a zero for Iron Flame. Oh, I you have gave given a zero. Wow. Also for mechanics, Kim, zero for Iron Flame. I feel like there's another yeah. zero, but it's not coming to me. Um, well, now I feel like I gotta change this because I can't risk this scoring higher than Iron Flame. Okay, okay, then a zero for a secondary characters. Yeah, let's go with it. Okay. Wait, what did you choose beforehand? One. One. Oh. She Jen. managed to talk her. I managed to talk her down a point. Down. Yeah, she didn't talk <laughs> me up. She talked me down. See, like I don't know what my score is going to be in the end, but I. No, no, it is true. Yeah. This book was not as bad as Iron Flame for me. Iron Flame was still the lowest well, bar. For secondary characters in Iron Flame, you gave it a two. That's fun. I was going to give these guys a two, too. Mostly for Emil. Everyone else gets a zero. Um, okay. So two it is? Yes. Okay. I, I, I give it a five for secondary characters. Um... 
honestly, most of them shouldn't have even been there. Like, just get the fuck out. Let us focus on what matters. It was a little bloated. Uh, okay. God, this is this is going to be fun. Plausibility. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about plausibility. You want to know what I said about plausibility? I, I do want to know what you said. I um, said, I said, as plausible as any sci-fi story is. Okay. So it was plausible. Um, sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's all I got to say about it. Yeah, that's fair. the girls and their hair tangling. Like, come on, come on. As if their hair is alive and just automatically tangles when it's next to each other. Like, my hair tangles easily, and it would still take effort to get it so knotted. <laughs> to tangle with somebody separate else. separate me from some other person. Also, these girls, like, do they spend all their time together? Do they watch each other's shit? Is what I was also thinking while reading this book. Which is not a question if I want to have to contemplate. you would have to. And yet, yeah, but they weren't conjoined. So it's like, but then they just let their hair get tangled. Why not cut their hair sooner? Why not shear them down to a manageable length because it is cuttable they get bald at the end whether they're ghosts or not they are bald their ghostly locks are probably floating about the house until it explodes who knows um i, I don't i i don't know how to respond <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know there's airships in this shit there's flying ships of the past that look like dogs noses because of their engine <laughs> intakes um and so they just keep referencing the dog noses falling to earth which is an interesting way of looking at like future technology in like a regressed society where they have lost that technology and so it's taken on mythic proportions but still it was just a weird analogy that my brain got stuck on and I'm like, okay. You were just imagining okay. wet noses dropping from the sky. You bet I was. That's like the worst <laughs> part of a dog, too. Other than they're like drooly jowls, they're wet noses that they have to press against you whenever they come up to you. Like, just stop. Leave you your mean like nose Lucas off. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I don't want that on my clothes. I don't want it on my skin. She was the worst offender of that. She'd always find the little like divot in the back of the knee and just press right into there. <laughs> take you down with her wet nose (laughs) yeah yeah um Um, so yeah i don't know i i honestly i honest to god this is one of the few times where i i just i don't have coherent thoughts on the plausibility because on some level it's so absurd but at the same time like it's like yes do people end up with parasites in their bodies they do can those parasites change how you think? Yeah, yes, there are some parasites that do that, both in humans and non-humans. Um, it could could an alien parasite possibly do this? I guess. Well, could could civilization collapse and us not know how to use the technology, so we misunderstand it? Yeah. But I think in terms of plausibility, it suffers from the narrator perspective. It's hard to feel it's plausible when you, t- you don't have a reliable narrator. I don't. I also don't understand these parasites, the pseudomycota. 
they release their spores when they're like in fire. And then these spores are just aerosolized and like it can infect people easily. But then they only grow in one spot in the body. Like, why not all of the eligible spots? Why not two behind each eye and then like one in the heart and like in the other spots? Why was it always just one that would be found? And then they'd be fine if they removed that one body. Like, I just don't. Um, I think that didn't honestly, seem very plausible. I, I can't remember standpoint. with the wife if it was only behind the eye. I think with the narrator and the original parasitic element they could isolate it behind the eye which is why it kept being found there because like they the made a comment on the... it was in his heart and then like and yeah then the institute was like behind oh, the oh you know yeah but like that was another valid place for it to grow so like why weren't these people just like teeming with the parasite it was always just one it was weird I, I i think that comes back to the reliability of the narrator i i, I suspect the bodies were actually fuller of it but i think it comes ones... back to the lack of science on the writer's part that's meaning is not doing their research medical on medical student but maybe not they are a medical student um doesn't mean they're researching and and thinking through their science well i'm not talking about their actual science capabilities i'm talking about the science that they're applying to this book i have no comment <laughs> any other thoughts on plausibility within the bounds of the rules set by the book i suppose the events are plausible but they are extremely hyperbolic in most ways um but i think that's also required of a gothic novel and also possibly the sci-fi hey novel. Don't, don't the gothic novels on are insane. Okay. There was Mexican gothic, which was good. But again, there was like a super mushroom or something that was infecting people, which is that is plausible, not but typical crazy. of most gothics. Those are science fiction gothics. Well, that was a good one. All the other ones I've had to read, which I don't know which ones they were, but <laughs> um, they're usually maybe not even read, but just like watched. Like things like the haunting of Hill House or whatever. It's always just exaggerated doom and gloom shit, you know? Stab <laughs> me in the heart. Um, okay. Ratings for plausibility. Who wants to go first? I mean, I'll go already first. has her rating. Well, except for I changed this one. Oh, okay. You talked, you talked me down, Sarah. It's It's a three. You were going to give it higher than a three. Wow. I was going to give Sarah. it five. I figure dead center, but no. It, you guys talked me down. Okay, Sarah, what I do you give it? I have three as well, because just following the chart, it's like, yeah. It was it just kind of sucked. Not horrible, but my feelings on it are more negative than anything else, and they're not neutral, so. I give it a five. Hmm. Okay. Ending. <laughs> it did eventually end, but my god, it was like stabbing someone in the stomach and then just watching them very slowly succumb. Like, Christ. They were leaving the mansion and they were walking through the snow. 
walking through the <laughs> fucking snow. They were riding a train. Nothing were else. They, or were they just? Were they literally? Oh walking? sure, whatever. They had skis. No, no, they they they, um, they were oh, going yes. through the snow, and then they ended up on the train. You're both okay. correct. <sighs> God, I, I was and then they so finally don't had even a fucking Ventijo show up. But like, what was even the point of that? Like, they referenced it multiple times throughout the story. Who gives a shit? It had. No I think it was purpose. just supposed to show that there were multiple alien types that actually crashed on the planet. I think it was just another type of alien and parasite. I mean, like, are they even aliens or are they bioengineered? Because at one point they referenced people messing with cells. And so, like, it's like the author couldn't even decide what they wanted to actually do. Like, is it aliens or just science gone wrong? And, like, who? I couldn't tell you. Anyways, the ending went on way too long. I'm glad that Emil survived. I am glad that the narrator, as Simone, survived and did not get reinfected. Although she's headed right back to trouble. So, Lord knows if that'll hold up. Um, but it went on way too long. It went on too long. It went on too long. So that's, that's my thought. Kim? I hated the, the very brief denouement. It, it was, it, 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 it hinted at it's either going to end well or it's not going to end well. And, and we, we didn't get a strong sense one Which way or part other. Did you consider the denouement? Uh, once she saw the town and, and they might be, I don't even, I was so angry. I don't remember the end of the book. I have vague. I think they get on a train at the end or are right, they getting they get off on the train. train. So she sees a they, town. They might have a place to go live together and live happily ever after. Or there's no hope that, in this book and they're all dead. I don't know. That, that, that. That didn't happen. I don't no. know. I thought he agreed to go with her to whatever. Okay, place. here here is the ending. Oh Castle shit. blows I, up. Don't read it. It's just, no, no, I'm, I'm summarizing it. My okay, mind. okay, thank God. Castle blows up. That is the climax. That is the high point. Then we head into the denouement. They escape via skis to the hunting lodge. They go to the hunting lodge. They kind of like figure out where they're going to go from there. Stop! No, 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 Carlos. That is you're not part of the denouement. But anyway, go ahead. Events are still happening at that point. Go ahead. But it's like, they decide what they're going to do. They then make it to the town. They get on a train. Our main character, Simone, at that point goes, oh, I don't know that Emile's actually going to handle this very well. But she's not sure. Then Emile opens up the side part of the train and she's like, dude, don't do that. And she realizes how happy he is because he's just watching the landscape go past him. And that's the end. They don't make it to the train on the other end. We end with them leaving on the train. That that is the ending. That is that is it. And and yeah, that's that's pretty much what I just said. It was a uh, very short um non- productive that gives me an hour long ending at three speed i know it went on for a very long time i was like going to the next chapter i was like are they out of the snow yet no then they're stuck in the chateau for like several days while they wait for the food to run out and then i guess at some point they leave i guess i kind of missed that stuff because i was like oh they're in the snow my point is for the reader there is no conclusion to this story and not like a cliffhanger and not like 
there is another story coming like they're just wandering off and it's not into the sunset yay they're going to be happy for the rest of lives or no it's yeah no no i don't even know what to say because amber's look on her face is throwing off my entire thought process (laughs) and i gotta pee really bad okay let me pause we've got to wait a long time okay we were talking about ending (laughs) are we still yeah, Ooh, we haven't oh yeah, gotten, we didn't give our well, I, I haven't even said anything about the ending. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so what were your thoughts? My experience of this ending was not enjoyable. Um, not because of the ending, but because Kim spoiled it. <laughs> you know, she did that to me for Iron Flame. Well, yeah. the ending of part one, which didn't matter because it was Iron yeah. Flame, like, who gives a shit? Um, yeah, the kid was like, yeah, the the Emil, but I don't remember what words she actually used because she can't remember his name. But she was like, yeah, Emil and, and the narrator end up on the train. Oh, that, like, what do you I'm mean? So, I'm sorry I spoiled the train for you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it does tell her that they survived. It did. And, gonna, and then by did that you point, doubt whether they were going to survive or not? I was not I, sure about Emil. I will be honest, at that point, I didn't know, and mostly I just wanted to be done so we could record this so you would stop telling me about how much you hated the book. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What are you drinking, Kim, and why is it wrapped in paper towels? I am drinking iced coffee, and I Oh, is it wrap... for the condensation? Yes, I wrap my, my glasses in, in paper towels, which is such a waste of paper towels, but I can't stand water rings on things, and I can't stand uh-huh. the water dripping in on my clothes and stuff. So I um, wrap my, my uh, you should glasses. You just use your reusable paper towels, or your reusable towels. Yeah, I know. I just haven't transitioned there yet. I need actually more of them, because now everyone's using them, so they're, they're um, yeah, we don't quite make it the week. Well, so far. But if I started using them that way, we wouldn't make it the week. Anyway. Thank you for clarifying that. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Okay, let's get into ratings for ending. Uh wait, but okay, so you just didn't like it because it was spoiled for you? Uh, and I just wanted to get it done with because by oh, that point the two right. of you were messaging back and forth how much you hated this book. And so I have no actual opinion of the ending because I just wanted it done so I could get I mean, out of the hellscape that, that was. I honestly don't care. I did not care. <laughs> I just wanted to be done so I could get out of the hellscape of the two of you amping each other's oh hatred God. of it up. You make it sound just, like we said we did nothing but but bitch and bitch and bitch. I think it was like three text messages, maybe four. So know, oh, Christ, I've got my phone. I've got my phone. Let's see here. Amberly and Sarah. It was more than three texts. I can tell it you. It wasn't that, much. that many. Really? Alright, really? let's see here. Tuesday, 3.39 p.m. Okay, okay, okay. We don't need to I'm embarrassed to say that this story has completely mystified me. I understand the words, and I understand that the main character lives multiple lives. I understand that there's a big bag organism. For the life of me, I can't figure out why or what the damn point is. Sarah. 
I'm sure that we'll have to slog through an absolute irresponsible amount of prose before we learn what the point is. <laughs> that Damn. was an awesome comment. <laughs> irresponsible amount in quotation. That made me laugh so hard. Sarah, it's disappointing because I find the concept interesting, but every time I start to get invested, the narrator watches poetic with a random tangent about their surroundings, and I just can't focus, stay focused. Him. I agree completely. The concept is fascinating, but I need some sort of signpost telling me what this is about. A whole lot of words, but nothing is said. Okay, okay, stop, stop. You don't need to do all of this. And, and then Wednesday, and Thursday. Shush. Thursday again, then Friday. Friday. Oh, yeah. When I found the second person perspective in the book, I mean, that is like a cardinal sin. You don't do that. That's not necessary. Get that shit out of here. I don't even remember it. And it happened multiple times, Kim. I know. My point is made from Tuesday on. But it's just like one sassy quip here and there, you know? No, that did not not include the number of times that Kim cornered me. I did not corner you, Jesus Christ, Amber! I have the right to dislike a book. I have to listen to you talk about books all the time also. So quit making it sound like I was, like, chasing you around the house, pinning you in the corners, and making you listen to how much I hated this book. If you came in to my space and the conversation came up, of course I'm going to say I don't like the book. I didn't like the book. I'm just explaining why I have no opinion on the ending. I just wanted to get through it at that point. I got through it. I, I have no thoughts on the ending. That That is the sum of my point. Okay. Okay, so ratings. Ratings? Sarah, what do you rate the ending? Um, just viewing the chart right now. Give me a hot second here. Yes. Um, I'll give it a three. Okay. Because specifically, it dragged on way too long. It should have ended like with the chateau, considering, like, and the promise that they were going to escape. If it just indicated that, I would have been good. Okay, now Kim's low rating because the endowment wasn't long enough. Two point five. Endowment. Point five. Two point five. Two point five. Or, oh, okay. I give it a five. Okay. Mechanics. Who would like Man, to we're start? We're done. <laughs> oh God. Mechanics. Well, I mean. As you now know, everyone, I thought there was an irresponsible amount of prose in this book. <laughs> um, just and second person. too much. Oh, God. Again, cardinal sin. Like, you don't, don't do it. You might think it's necessary. It's not. Unless you're writing a story that's like a fanfic for the reader, like a self-insert whatever for the reader, then go ahead. More. But what? I hate those even more. I don't read them but i understand why you would use you in those scenarios right that's the only case where it would make sense but otherwise get that shit out of here i don't want to read it well again i don't want to read it period but i especially don't want to read it in a book like this 
you know, just don't. And don't go on tangents about the setting for this world that barely explored anyway. Like, I don't care. I don't need all this detail. Okay. Or these characters. Too many characters. Too many details. Nothing mattered. Bloated. <laughs> Convoluted. <laughs> Kim! <laughs> My... I love that the auto-caption said Jim instead of Kim. Anyways, go ahead. The auto-caption? Is it not showing you, you guys the closed on. caption? I do. No. It's not showing for you guys? Oh, I thought it showed automatically for everyone. Anyways, sorry. No. Nope. I had no idea what you were <laughs> talking about. I didn't know that was a thing. It is. I'm old. Anyway. Um, my views on the mechanics of this is this author was trying really, really damn hard to sound, um, pretentious. Uh, I don't think they were trying to sound pretentious, maybe erudite, but then it comes off pretentious. Like, I don't know how many people try for pretension. It's more of a... Okay, points to Sarah for the use of the word erudite. I want you to define erudite for me. I've heard the word before, and I've never really broken it down in my brain as to what it means. Um, so tell me what that means. I mean, wouldn't it just be like learned? Like you're well-educated, okay. cool. intelligent? Cool. That's yeah. how I've always cool. understood it. But I think Amberly is looking up the exact definition now. If you describe someone as erudite, you mean that they have or show great academic knowledge. You can also... Use erudite to derive something such as a book or a style of. So yes, this would be the correct way of using it. Sarah used it accurately. Ten points to Sarah. Yeah, I had no doubt that Sarah. Like, used thank it God, accurately. I didn't know there was, was... going to be a vocabulary. Test. No, no, I know, no, no. I was just, I was letting the listener use that Sarah used yeah. it accurately. Hence why I gave her ten points because I was impressed. <laughs> Not that I doubted she could use it correctly. Sarah is very good at well, pulling out obscure vocabulary. <laughs> anyway. She was so almost yes. sounding erudite in her use of erudite. <laughs> Go ahead, Kim. I don't remember what I was going to say. It was a convoluted It came mess. up very pretentious. They were trying yeah. too hard. Which yeah. I agree. I, I do. Not as much as some books that we've read where it really comes through. Like this person. I was like, hmm. I don't really know for sure, but they definitely came off as kind of smug to me. And then I looked at their picture in the back of the book and I was like, mm, that is not helping. That is a very arrogant looking picture. Person. I keep calling him a guy and I don't know who it is. What is their name? Hiran Ennis. Or Hiran Ennis. I don't know how to pronounce it. Hiran. Yeah, Hiran Ennis. H-I-R-O-N space E-N-N-E-S. Oh, because you don't have a physical copy, you can't just flip no, to the back. I, I did. I did. Uh, My thoughts on mechanics was that it definitely was a little bit longer than it needed to be. Some of the pros could have been cut. Yeah. That 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 was my only thought on mechanics. I have no other thoughts on the mechanics other than yeah, there was definitely some descriptions where I was like, ah, we really didn't need that. And we really didn't need it the third time when you reminded us that, you know, it had been discussed two times previously and you needed to bring it back up for a third time in order to really emphasize the fact that it was important. But you've made everything important. So everything was told to us at least three times. Yeah. And there were tangents. And then, like, as things finally started or should have started to pick up, they started, the author started taking us back to, like, the events with Utoli and the revolution. And it was like, 
I don't care. I do not care. And it was only to give Emil like background as to his character, right? And Except like, for the fact that it was clear the first time it was mentioned. As soon as it was mentioned, Emil had a tail. It was like, okay, clearly that's who his mother is. Clearly, uh, uh, what's his name was obsessed with her, but Didier. clearly Emil is not hit Didier. But clearly Emil is not a Didier's son. Clearly there was sexual wrongdoing happening on Didier's part. I didn't need to know that the mother was a revolutionist so that she died and like Yeah, and it's like like who gives yeah. a shit? Oh, and then Emil is like fulfilling what she started by blowing up the house. I mean, sure, but also he's just getting the fuck out of there because it was It was sexually abused. He didn't even know that she like about her at all until Yeah. Simone told him. So it was like, okay, it's not actually relevant to symbolically, I guess it's relevant, but that's the whole thing. It's like how much of this is a statement and how much it's like just trying to yeah. tell a fucking story. So yeah, it was definitely a bloated prose. Did you look up their picture, Kim? I'm still let's, trying to find it. Let, let's not make comments on someone's appearance. I We're am gonna not going to. Just saying that their pose, the pose they chose, not them as a person, but the pose that they okay. chose for the picture, it's just, it's like smug sophomore pose. Yeah. That's all. That's all. I'm only okay. curious because they the writing came across as very masculine to me, and you guys are telling me that this is a female. No, they are a they them, and they are androgynous, ambiguous, but I would not assume male at birth, based on the okay. androgynous appearance. And okay. I, I've, I've seen that... the picture now. But okay, anyway, go ahead. I argued that the prose sounded them more female yeah. to me. Yeah, but so. What do you rate mechanics, Sarah? Uh, mechanics? Oh, I hated mechanics, so I'm going to give it... Hmm. But I think it could have technically gotten worse. Like, I don't know if this is absolute rock bottom for mechanics. What did I give Iron Flame for mechanics? Oh, did I give it zero? Yes. <laughs> ah, shit. Um... Fucking shit. Were the mechanics worse than Iron Flame? Okay, I'm gonna help you out here. I'm giving the mechanics a three. I'm giving the mechanics a one. I will I will also give it a one. Because that did kick in very early for me was the problem with the mechanics. All right. And then predictability. I'm sorry, because the author insisted on telling us everything three times, it was massively predictable, massively predictable. I I would say that's the one thing that drove me nuts is I was like, dear Lord, you do not need to remind me of this again. I got the hint the first time. Could we please continue on? Um, And then we would get to the moment. I'm like, yeah, obviously this was happening Um, because you, you hinted at it like three times before you actually told us. So predictability was awful in this that was my feeling agree and yeah. i and i have nothing to add to it because it, it, knowing what was coming the only thing i would say that was unpredictable for me and this is not a good thing was the level of um as sarah put it earlier torture porn that we were we were going to be inundated with i did not know that that level was coming um and yeah, um, I'm 
it disgusted me. So it didn't disgust me. However, I am a big believer of that books should give trigger warnings. And I apologize to you guys because this did not have trigger warnings in the beginning of it. So I, if I had known that that was one of the trigger warnings, I would have full head, like full stop said, nope, you guys aren't going to want to read this. I don't want to make you read this. This is, this is a full stop on the trigger warnings. So for that, I massively apologize. And I am a big proponent of trigger warnings at the beginning of the books. I agree that there should be. And to be clear, um, it's not that I was triggered. I, I wasn't triggered. This isn't something that, that content warning then. me. Yeah, content warning. It wasn't something that traumatized me in that sense. Um, in the sense of triggering because it could cause me problems due to past events. That's not what this was. Um, it's more along the lines of a strong sense of empathy and harm caused to others. That causes me difficulty. So I guess if you want to call that triggering, um, uh, so, I, I don't know. Yeah. Typically, it's either a con- and I, content warning or trigger warning. It, it varies. People call it both things. Either right. way, that warning at the beginning, I believe books should have those because your reader, even if it feels like it's giving you a heads up as to what's going to happen, a reader should have the ability to then look at something themselves and be like, oh, you know what? This this might not be something I can handle reading. And particularly when you're in something like body horror. A content warning, even though people are like, oh, yeah, it's body horror. But like, look what we've read. We went from small favors to this. Both fall under our classification of body horror, but very different types of body horror and level of detail in the body horror and the type of body horror. So a content warning was very much needed at the beginning of this because I, as having come across content warnings beforehand, would have looked at that content warning and gone, hmm, I'm not sure. And even when we read Hell Followed With Us, it had a content warning. And when I said, hey, do you guys want to do this book? Please look at the content warning first before we proceed. Yeah. So I apologize that this did not have that. And it does frustrate me that Tor did not include it. Um, That is a failing on the publisher's part. So, yeah. Uh, Otherwise, I hated the predictability on this. I give it a one. Well, fuck, I was going to give it a two, but I'll, I'll give it a, a, a one now because goddamn, I can't, <laughs> I can't go higher than you. <laughs> uh, Sarah, did you have any other thoughts beyond that or did you want to just give your rating? Because I realized I like did a rant there. <laughs> it was predictable. I mean, even the sexual abuse stuff was predictable because the gothic stuff I've been exposed to so far has like usually incorporated that as an element. Um, or I mean, like Crimson Peaks, not so much sexual abuse, but like the incest part. It's just like oh, weird okay. sex stuff. Um, so it's like if that comes up, like, did but I? That's enjoy the level it? of no. detail. This, this was a bit more detailed than that. Like they'll imply it. I, I'm gonna defend Gothic here. It's Gothic Bay implied that those things happen, but they usually do not describe do it to you in gratuitous detail. And this one I mean, did this wasn't describe even it that described, but. Gratuitous. We, oh my we, god, I almost couldn't say the word. Uh, it was a little gratuitous, and we kept going back to it again and again. Because again, this author had an obsession with repeating things three times. I was, and I'm saying that as someone who knows that I repeat things three times um, by accident. Like, I, yeah, and honestly, their element or their use 
of the second person perspective for some of these moments to even really put you in that position that did make me uncomfortable um that's not typical of gothic yeah Yeah, i know that that was that was like a level above (laughs) um but like so i wasn't shocked i guess that would be more of a mechanics thing for me it's like again using the second person which is already a no for me but then also doing it just to really try to drive that feeling is that home, it, like, are those the scenes that that it was second person yeah some of them i mean okay. there were also yeah. ones that like the narrator saw like when she walked in on didier and um and emile but like that was really obvious it was you knew what was happening but like the wording for it was not explicit um i feel like it was more explicit in what was being implied with the second person perspective chapters with emile um but yeah, no, I it it was predictable, but at the same time, like, I wasn't surprised by any. Well, no, if it's predictable, it makes sense that I wasn't surprised. Um, but I would just say, like, I would give it a three. I guess I I, I didn't. Okay. I didn't actually have that strong of feelings, other than again, the institute not knowing it was infected when all of the signs were obvious. That was the worst one for me. Also, I just have to point out your three is unpleasantly itching my brain because they kept repeating his things as three and then you settled with a three score. And so like, <laughs> bleh. three, 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 bleh. Okay. <sighs> oh, Lordy. Emotional reaction. Negative. Do, do we have to continue to do, like i mean i feel like anyone who has listened this far one thank you for the patience because my god we have had a lot of emotions in this hey maybe um, they didn't like this book either yeah but do do we what are you doing sarah just making shaking the nauseous. table when my laptop's on <laughs> sorry making me nauseous <laughs> um do we i mean i feel like our emotional reactions are pretty clear like are there any emotions that you guys haven't already voiced that you want to add on or do we want to just rate emotional reaction i was bored i was angry that i was bored i was frustrated i was disgusted sometimes i was made uncomfortable um and not in a fun way so unpleasant all around um i would say i would concur with all of that and then the other word that i would add to all of this and this is I, I you will never change my mind on this. This was for parts of it straight out pedophilia. Emil was young. Oh in yeah, no portions of this pedophilia. story. It was it was gross, and um, I mean, I don't. You you two can see my physical. I am physically reacting to remembering parts of this. It it yeah. Anyway, so. Uh- I get that body horror is supposed to make the reader gross, feel gross. Like, that is supposed to be a response that you have to body horror. But, but, I will say again, coming back to it, the repetition and continuous discussion of this was unnecessary in this. It really suffered from too many words. It could have been trimmed down by, like, easily a third of it. Um, you would have still gotten the same thing without requiring us to linger it in it for so long and not develop anything new each time it was brought up. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead, Sarah. 
Because you cup you yeah. <laughs> use your words. No, um <laughs> you probably could have pared this down to a novella, honestly. Yeah, I because agree. there actually wasn't that much going on at the end of the day. It's like I think it actually would have been better as a novella. I agree. Yeah, just that, been a couple I, key characters. You could have just focused on where your conflict was and be yeah. done. So yeah. Um my emotional reaction to it is I was kind of intrigued at the beginning and then I just wanted to get it done with. But how much of that was the book and how much of that was external factors? I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. My my emotional reaction to this was neutral. Um hmm. so I don't I don't know. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna do ratings. particularly yeah, oh, I mean nope. but well, I was going to say, particularly when it comes to, I got about two thirds of the way through the book. And my primary thing is I was frustrated again with that lack of content warning so that I could have provided an informed decision on whether or not we should read the book. Um, and not because I'm against body horror. I've read some really weird body horror stuff, but like as a group, it did not allow us to make it a, a properly informed decision. Um, so that frustrated me. Because when I first started it, I was like, oh, doctor, parasite. Oh, this is going to be really interesting. It's going to be about human autonomy and all that kind of stuff. And then it was just about sexual abuse, basically. Yeah, and then it pivoted into sexual abuse. And I was like, well, that was not clear from the description and, like, could have used a disclaimer. Um, So, yeah, my emotional reaction for this is a four. Anyone want to go next? Mine's a zero. Obviously, I was revolted. Okay. Sarah. Um, did we ever do the Lock 2 series with this rating system? No. No, we didn't, because that was part of Damn our... Uh... I really want to know what I gave the second book. Um... Hair of the Ninth. Whatever. What about what did I give? A second. Oh. I need some baselines so I can figure out where I actually stand here. Uh, we didn't do emotional reaction for the lock tomb. Um, you gave in terms of the how satisfying the ending was for lock tomb. You gave a one, a one, and a three. Um, for Iron Flame, you gave emotional reaction a one. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll have to stick with the one on this, I guess. Okay. All right, we got two more categories. Again, anyone who's continued through this tirade of our emotions, I greatly appreciate it. I'm sure we all do, and I'm impressed. Um, so next is readability. I mean, honestly, it would be more fun to just gouge out your own eye. Uh, so, I, it is long. And there was definitely moments where it felt long. However, I will say, as I was listening to it in my car and driving, I did have verbal reactions to moments. 
So it did, for me, at least manage to engage me during specific moments. Um, sometimes it was like, oh my god, the narrator is stupid. Um, but yeah, there were other for times a where I was parasite, like, you sure are stupid. Yeah, but it did, in terms of readability, it did get, have moments where it engaged me. I just, its length um, was a bit of a deterrent, because I think it's, how many hours is it not at double speed? Yeah, can I just interject here and point out that I was thrilled that this one was going to be shorter than Small Favors because physically the book is thinner. <laughs> and I very quickly realized, I was like, oh, this is. Yeah, no, it's a 13 hour listen. It is fucking dense. It's like yeah, it's a 13 hour listen. Mountains. So it's, it's a longer listen. Not the longest listen, but it's a longer listen. Because I think Small Favors was, let's see here. Small Favors, in terms of pages, physical pages, it was like 400 and something compared to like this one, three, 300 and something. But boy, howdy. Small Favors, I finished no, in a couple No, Small Favors days. is 14 hours. And what was, so, and this one was 13 hours? 13 hours, yeah. Oh boy, it does not feel like it. It feels no, like. It feels longer. Compared to yeah. like a month. Um, Yeah, fuck that shit. But I also really like Small Favors, and it was my second time listening to or reading it. So I really enjoy I enjoy that one as a reread. This one, no. I mean, it certainly has improved in my estimation after reading <laughs> this one. Um, which, I mean, I didn't... I enjoyed Small Favors well enough. It wasn't my favorite, but it was still enjoyable to read. I hope that's consistent with what I talked about <laughs> before. Uh, but let's see here. I think I gave it, like, middle of the road and, like, 62. slightly tougher. So yeah. above above which, fifty, which would that be is usually halfway. what I give books that I'm like, you know, it was fine. I had some yeah, issues. It with was it. middle like, road. They have to do really well for me to go higher than that. You liked um, uh, Fourth Wing better than Small Favors. Well, I enjoyed Fourth Wing. That was a fun book yeah. to read for me, yeah. which is why Iron Flame was such a sharp betrayal. Um, <laughs> okay, but, but back to this one. Yeah. For readability, what do you give it, Sarah? Well, I did also want to mention that this is probably, even taking into account the Locked Tomb series, mm -hmm. although the Locked Tomb series, I just didn't want to read it all. Um, this is the first book where I genuinely wanted to just, I wish I had the audiobook instead so that I wouldn't have to sit and force myself to read it i could just listen to it passively however i also knew that this was not an avenue that i wanted to go down because i would just immediately block it out in my head as i was listening which is why i don't do audiobooks because that's likely to happen but like that would you would have dnf this yes yes well to be fair kim oh. would have dnf'd it which is why she gave it a zero um did I always say I gave it a zero for readability? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. When did she say that? Was that towards the beginning? I gave, or did she say I that? gave emotional reaction a zero. I don't think I've not said one word about readability, which is what I was just oh, saying. Oh, sorry. I have not oh. I've not had a chance to say a word yet listening to you two, which is cool. I don't mind. Um Let's but an what I was what I was gonna say about readability is and and then Sarah leads into it is uh I found the narrator in this book their voice to be one of the uh, most annoying things no. I've ever listened to. Um, it's not a so great no, narrator so. voice. 
Yeah. So Sarah, no, you would you would not have um, been happy with switching. But I would have had to sit there and physically force my eyes along. You would have been annoyed, Sarah, because they fluctuated the volume of their voice. Um, Yeah. Okay. And so I regularly had to turn it up, turn it down, turn it up, turn it down as they were doing the different accents. Um, And you would have hated the accents. It was was Franca. Franca or a male? Uh, Ah, yes, it was female. Um, I had a weird experience in the middle of it that I I thought it switched from male narrator to female narrator, and then I realized later as I thought back on it, it's because they would adjust their tone of voice based on whether it was male or female speaking, and I had taken a break from one chapter to the next and had switched perspective from a male to a female, Um, and so the tone tone changed, and I thought the the um, narrator had changed so yeah it, it yeah wasn't the best audiobook i've ever listened to hmm. i was wondering that because like when i was reading this book i didn't know if the narrator was supposed to be male or female you know from the start and i just right. assumed they were male and so when you find out that they're actually at least female body i was like oh that's surprising so i was like i wonder if yep. you get that effect with an audiobook but probably not if they're Uh-oh. i feel like it was if they don't specify their gender, then you probably would just kind of assume that they are female if it's a, a woman reading it. Or yeah, or reading right. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. Amber checked out on us. Bye. <laughs> so reading your scores on readability. Are you going to yeah. join us or are you just going to sit there and pretend like you're going to speak? <laughs> I was waiting for you guys. You guys hadn't given me a score yet. You were talking. I was just letting you talk. You didn't ask for the score. We didn't know if you were going to have right. a different comment to make, man. Yeah. No, I, I don't have a comment. I, I... Okay. My score on readability is zero. Okay. I wasn't wrong. <laughs> no, I didn't say you were wrong. I just didn't remember giving the, the score. Like, how did you know? <laughs> Gee, I don't know. You I, kept I your cards so close to the chest, it was impossible <laughs> to tell. <laughs> to call you out, I changed my score. So. Uh-huh. Oh, really? What was it originally? A one. <laughs> but then I remembered how much I hated listening to this. So, And, and Sarah made the comment about that she wished she had, had listened to it rather than read it. And I was like, no! Like, I just knew the truth. Uh-huh. Sarah, what is your score? Um, again, I do feel like it could have been worse technically. Like it could have been twice as long. Um, but I still have to give it a one because I really did. This was probably not as bad as Iron Flame, but it was up there. What did I give Iron Flame? Was that a zero? A one. Did I give it a one. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. That's acceptable. Because if this had been as long as Iron Flame, I would have had the same exact experience that I had with Iron Flame, which was, you know, wanting to just die to escape from reading it. Um, Yeah. Style. Awful. Okay. I I don't think we need to delve into it. Um, Okay, let's let's write it. What's that? What about the things that you were afraid we wouldn't cover? No, we covered it. Oh, we covered oh, them. Okay, I was we covered it. I didn't know. I didn't know the yeah. breadth of it. No, it 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 really did come down to the um, gratuitous sexual crap 
in it that was, yeah, made me grossed out. Like I said, I will never read this writer again. Yeah, I will so I've used to avoid them. So my thought, and I kind of expressed it before, is I felt like the beginning there was really promise for the style, and then it just devolved from there. Yeah, like when they first introduce everything, it's like, okay, cool, but then the author just butchers it. Um, it gets yeah. pretty chaotic, and it's like yeah, they it's, threw everything at the at the wall. Yeah, it's disorganized. It's kind of like just this pretentious mess of where they tried to accomplish a lot and ended up accomplishing little to nothing. Um, and I mean, it is, I think, their first book, so it makes sense. But like, Tor.com, like, what are your publishers, not publishers, editors doing? Like, couldn't you just like send it back to them and be like, can you make this more concise, please? Mm -hmm. like, so I can say from what I've seen of reviews and discussions of it is most people feel that this book took a risk stylistically and either they enjoyed the risk or they didn't. And that's really what it came down to. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I define taking a risk style, stylistically as, as um, pretension, but. Yeah. I just, I'm just telling you what I saw from other yeah, external sources yeah. is, is, People did recognize that in terms of style, this is very different than most things out there. Some people liked the differences. Most people did not. Yeah. I mean, like Kim said, I also would not want to read another book by this author, but I also just don't want to read gothic books in general. So I'm really looking forward to our American gothic I, section I, later this year. I, I am going to defend gothic. This is not a prime example or a good example of gothic. I just... I just want to be clear. It's not a good example of gothic. Maybe not, it, but it, it felt gothic to me. I was like, yeah, this seems uh, yeah. about right what I'd expect. It's a Honestly, weird mesh of science fiction, gothic, uh, porn. Um, like, I don't yeah. like these stupid dreary house stories where they have creepy family members and, like, ghosts or not I, ghosts in the walls. Okay, like, I, I just I just want to make, make sure for the listener to be clear that this is not, like, if someone were to say, oh, man, I want to read a gothic book, I would not go read leech <laughs> it'll cure you of that choice. desire forever <laughs> oh my god this no. is not a prime example or a good example of gothic this is body horror living inside the skin of gothic i guess what are what are our ratings well, zero <laughs> okay wait what did i give iron flame i'm sorry i have to keep making you check it but like i have you gave Iron Flame a one. You, you're not. You got. You got tons of options here. <laughs> Shit, because I I'm really tempted to give this one a zero, but like Iron Flame had no style whatsoever. But then, I suppose this one tried to have like a style and like just totally fucked it all up. Whereas Iron Flame, she just wanted to have people having the same conversations over and over again. Um. I don't know. I don't know what. I give it a two. Okay, that's a choice. Um, <laughs> that's a judgment on my score. God, I really don't know. Did I hate style more than? I guess I'll give it a one because I I don't know where it falls. I hated it as much as I'm playing in some ways. Okay, give me just a second, and I will put your one in there and get our numbers. I'm so excited to see where this one falls. 
Let's see here. For Sarah, it was some. Oh, it got less than Iron Flame. You failed, Sarah. It's a 23.5 for you. What did Iron Flame get? 27.5. Ooh. Got to him. So technically, well, you liked Iron Flame better than this one. I mean, if Iron Flame was half as long, then yeah, I would have liked that one a lot more. So, And Kim gave this a whole whopping 10. Oh. <laughs> and she didn't even give one point for every single category. No! Why did I give it a 10 when I gave it 1.5 to the first? Um, because you gave 10. it a 2.5 for the ending. Yeah, I do remember the 2.5. Did I? Oh, I did. Okay, you're right. Yeah, it's ten. <laughs> I gave it forty-two. God damn. So we loved this one. This was fun. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> oh man, it's too bad we didn't get to do Psyche and Eros. Although I'm pretty sure that one would have scored higher than this. Oh, it would have scored oh, higher. Psyche and Eros. I didn't hate Psyche and Eros that much. It had. Flaws, I didn't hate it, but as much it was as this not. one, but. I, I I would have run definite threes, fours, fives, and sixes in in psychic arrows. It, it wasn't that bad. Um, Mine would have been fives and above, except for maybe plausibility. I mean, looking back now, it's like yeah, it wasn't that bad. But when I was reading <laughs> it, I was like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> so so far for this year, I have made great book choices. I know. When I was reading this one, I was like, oh my god, Amberly's gonna think I'm just bullying her reads, but I just don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> okay well this is really will probably ex- be good though i hope so octavia e butler is like considered one of the premier black authors so like i mean that's why i'm assuming that it will be good <laughs> that's the soft science fiction that i picked oh okay which cool. is but next we- right no we still have one more body horror to go oh i forgot about mine oh my gosh I am excited, though, because I don't expect it to be good. I don't expect to like it. But it, again, it looked like it was mostly just dialogue, like short lines, each one. So it should be a fast read, God willing. So God willing. <laughs> Unless okay. I just happen to flip through the only spots that have that dialogue and the rest is just like dense, thick paragraphs, I will be... <laughs> heartbroken if that happens well i'm i'm gonna spare our poor listener because i'm nearly positive this is like a two hour long episode so our (laughs) intro and outro music is by grant newman and it's called the battle of the nile from epidemic sound don't forget to like rate and subscribe to book pile banter on spotify amazon music itunes or whichever platform you listen to our podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.